everybody. It's Sam Jacobs. Welcome back to the Sales Hacker Podcast. It's Friday Fundamentals. So happy Friday. You know Friday Fundamentals. It's the short five to 10 minute format where we bring you actionable insights to help make a difference in what you do today. Now we've got this week's guest back on the show. It's Angus Davis, and he is a currently a partner at Foundation Capital, but he's had a long and storied career in the internet industry, the technology industry. He started and sold Tell Me Networks. He started and sold Upserve, and now he's an operator turned investor working at Foundation Capital and making investments into early stage companies. So we're going to talk about what are the key factors and what are the key insights that an investor is looking for specifically in a go-to-market strategy when they're evaluating whether or not to make an investment in a company. So that's a great, a great topic. Now, before we get there, of course, we want to thank our sponsor. Friday Fundamentals is brought to you by Outreach. Outreach triples the productivity of sales teams and empowers them to drive predictable and measurable revenue growth. By prioritizing the right activities and scaling customer engagement with intelligent automation, Outreach makes customer-facing teams more effective and improves visibility into what really drives results. Now, without further ado, Angus, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much, Sam. It's great to be here. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Now, here's our question for Friday Fundamentals. As an investor, you are now on the other side of the table and you're thinking about making an investment into a Series A company. You are evaluating their go-to-market strategy as they are presenting it to you either in their deck or in the course of their pitch meeting. So what are the key factors that you are evaluating when you're trying to determine whether or not you want to invest based on their stated go-to-market strategy? What are you looking at? Sure. Well, oftentimes at Foundation, we're looking at a Series A investment. And typically by the time of the Series A, the company has a little bit of data, but not a lot. It might be typical to say the company is doing, say it's a B2B SaaS company, maybe it's doing about a million dollars in ARR. And perhaps it's grown very quickly to get to that point. Perhaps it's gone up maybe 3x over the last year or even more. Now the question looking forward is essentially, do you believe in the plan? Fundamentally, what an early stage investor is often thinking about is, you know, what's the risk that um, you know, it's, it's rare, by the way, that a Series A company gets to profitability just on the back of a Series A fundraise. So a lot of what the Series A investor is thinking about is, what's the risk to us actually in the future having kind of a successful Series B, getting to the set of milestones that the company needs to achieve to kind of graduate to the next level? And one of the most critical things for a Series A company is to, is to significantly accelerate and, and grow revenue. And oftentimes, Series A companies are kind of professionalizing sales and marketing for the first time. So perhaps prior to that point, it's been founder-led selling, or perhaps there's a small team of three, four, five sales sales reps. And a lot of what's going through my mind as a Series A investor is to look at the go-forward projections, the go-forward plan, and try to understand how realistic these things are and what sort of risks you know come into play. And Look, you're not a growth stage investor. A later growth stage investor is going to be very, you know, kind of spreadsheet oriented, right? And they're going to say, look, you know, we've got a great, great fire burning. Let's pour more gasoline on it. We've got 50, a team sales team of 50 folks. Let's, let's grow it to 150 folks. As an early stage investor, you, you're not going to be spreadsheet driven, but the spreadsheet's going to tell you how the go to market leader or how the founder is, is thinking about this. So one risk would be if the startup company actually doesn't have a go-to-market leader, right? That actually can create a bunch of risks slash little alarm bells because now you you really, you might not be able to speak the go-to-market language with the founder who's been doing the go-to-market up to this point. But if there is a go-to-market leader in place, you're able to ask questions about what drives 
certain assumptions. So things like, okay, that's great. We're doing this with four reps. I mean, I just looked at the plan this morning, for example, where the company has four reps and their plan is to grow to 12 reps by the end of this year. And we're recording this in January. So, you know, 12 months from now. And they showed in the plan, you know, that they're going to, those reps are going to start booking a certain amount of ARR each month. And I was like, oh, cool. So by the way, when does that rep number six, who will go without a name for now, because <laughs> they're just a line in a spreadsheet. When does, uh, when does she get hired? And turns out, oh, gee, look at that. The same month that she's meant to book all this revenue. Hmm, okay. No way. How, do, how does the, how do the four reps that we currently have, like what we have them slated to do in the plan this month, next month, and so on. How does that say in this particular plan I was looking at, it was, um, you know, it doesn't really matter. A certain amount of ARR per month, right? I'm like, okay, cool. So how does that compare to the amount of ARR per month that the reps have been generating in the past? And, you know, what's going to your mind is like, how realistic is it, right? So for example, in this particular plan, the rep productivity was going to go up 50% over 12 months for the existing team of four reps. And I was like, okay, so what's driving that? Well, we're gonna, we have more attraction, we have more brand awareness, our product is more mature, so we're able to do higher ACV deals and to bigger customers. Like, okay, but show me exactly what that means. And like, it's all comes down to sort of, what do you have to believe? And really what's going on in this dance is not that the person has the perfect plan or the perfect answer. Really what you're seeing as an investor here is how does the person think on their feet? Like I pointed out to the founder that I was speaking with, I was like, you know, I don't think she's going to generate, you know, 50% of the fully ramped reps quota in month one. Like she's probably going to be setting up her computer. I mean, that would be awesome. (laughs) And by the way, if somebody on this uh, podcast like has a tool to speed up rep ramp up time like i'm sure that that'd be a great product that all of our portfolio companies would buy but you know part of the conversation there was just to understand how the founder reacts and i pointed out to him that that's completely kind of unrealistic in a very you know kind and and tactful manner and to his credit this particular founder was like yeah you know what like that isn't actually you know realistic and you know we need need to push that out perhaps so really what i'm looking at as an operator turned VC is I'm remembering all the things that went wrong when I was trying to hit my plan, right? And all the things we had to do along the way to try to improve our ability to to come up with a plan and to hit it. I mean, another good example is a Series A company comes in and says, well, you know, we've got four reps that each are doing 30K a month in ARR, they're each booking. And so we're just going to hire eight more reps and we're going to have the same productivity and this will be great. Well, okay, but how are you feeding the top of the funnel right now? Well, uh, we do that with, I don't know, content marketing, for example. Okay, great. Well, guess what? You can't like call up contentmarketing.com and, you know, triple your budget next week and triple your pipeline. That doesn't work that way. Now, on the other hand, if you said to me, oh, how are you getting your pipeline today? Oh, well, we, we advertise on Google. I'd be like, okay, maybe you can triple your budget. But maybe you can't, right? Um, maybe, in fact, if you triple your budget, you're just going to pay more per click and you're not going to actually be generating you know, a significant number of additional leads. So the most thoughtful answers oftentimes are around like, well, you know, we're, going to, we're feeding the top of the funnel in method A and method B, and you know, we're running tests. We're trying to open up fronts to, to develop demand at the top of the funnel in method C, D, and E, right? And so... It all, it's not that there's necessarily right or wrong. It's not like a game of gotcha or anything like that. Because frankly, one of the 
oftentimes what's often the case is that the founder, frankly, for her, it might not it might be the first time she's building a plan like this, right? So part of your role as an investor, if you, especially if like me, you have some operating experience, is to be like, oh yeah, I see that path you're going down. You know, it's like in Indiana Jones, he's sneaking into the Temple of Doom and he can spot little holes where they're gonna shoot the poison darts at you, you know? And I can be like, well, you're not, if you, I, oh, I remember when I made that mistake and here's the battle scar to, to prove it and then help the person, you know, navigate that. So I'd say when you're, an investor evaluating a Series A company, you're trying to understand how they think about the plan, how they react to reasonable criticism to the plan, and what are the big risks that maybe the plan isn't anticipating, whether that be you know hiring or pipeline at the top of the funnel or so on. It's great insight, Angus, and thanks so much for sharing it. And like you said, it just comes down to, I think it's probably, it's okay if it's their first time. It's really about how do they react and update their worldview and their perspective on the world in the face of new information potentially that you provide them? And how do they go about solving those problems? And then, you know, obviously, then there's the second question of do they truly understand how, um, you know, how money gets made, how demand is generated and then turned into, and turned into cash? And to your point, a lot of times people don't. They just assume that if I hire more reps, I make more money, which, of course, as you just pointed out, isn't really how it works. So I think those are, those are really, really great insights. Uh, remind us, if folks are out there listening and they want to follow up, what's your preferred method of communication and how should folks uh, get in touch with you? Sure. I'd love to hear from folks, especially folks for whom this types of, uh, type of conversation resonates. The best way, of course, is if you look at my LinkedIn page, you notice that we've got someone in common that might be able to make a warm uh, email intro to us. That's great, but that might not always be the case, and that's fine too. So just um, if you want to send me an email directly, it's just adavis at foundationcap.com, and you know, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Angus, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, if folks want to reach out to me, they can. It's linkedin.com forward slash the word in forward slash Sam F. Jacobs. And we want to thank our sponsor, of course, our sponsors outreach, which is tripling the productivity of sales teams and empowering them to drive predictable, measurable revenue growth. I hope everybody has a great Friday. We will talk to you next time. Thanks, Angus. Thanks and have a great weekend. <laughs>